This is a Life Source Ministries teaching by Paul Drury. Be built up in your faith as you listen. We've been talking on um, by faith this last, this last few weeks. And um, thank God for this series that we've been doing by faith. This is, you know, we've been looking in Hebrews chapter 11. And I just love that phrase, by faith. Because when you look at all of these people in Hebrews chapter 11, you see that what they accomplished in life was by faith. And they did um, awesome things. But it wasn't anything to do with how, how talented they were. It wasn't anything to do with how smart they were. It wasn't anything to do with their ability or any of those kind of things. It was to do with their ability to believe God and to act in on what God said. And you know, and they went on to do amazing things. And you know what, it's the same for any one of us. You know what, when you come to God, you come the way you are, praise God. And you receive Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. And he changes your life. And then you find out that he, he has a plan for your life. A plan that's bigger than your, than your, your own plan. But to bring that plan to, plan to pass, it takes faith. And faith's a journey. And that's what we've been seeing here over the last couple of weeks, looking at, at these people in Hebrews chapter 11. None of them were perfect. That does my heart good. Because I know I'm not perfect, but I'm on a journey of faith. How about you? We can see in all of our lives that there's times where we do stupid things or, you know, there's times where we set out in faith and oh, we're doing great and then, and then pressure comes or circumstances come and you know what, sometimes our faith takes a bit of a wobble but you know what, it's good when you look at these people in Hebrews 11 because you realize that they made it. Amen. They made it and obtained a good report because they just kept going and a, and a faith person should keep hearing and hearing the word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's why, you know, if a person falls, get the word going into you. You know, just keep the word going into your life. That's what keeps you going forward. It's like fuel, getting fuel into you as a believer. It's like faith fuel. Praise God. How many of you want to get good fuel, you know, into your car? You want good fuel. There's a lot of bad fuel about and people's cars have been wrecked. But I'm telling you, when you get good fuel, then you can go places. And it's the same with teaching as well. When you get good teaching, it builds up your faith. You can go places in God. You don't want any, you know, dirt of unbelief and dirt of fear being put in there. You want to get the word to where it builds up your faith. To where you can believe God to do extraordinary things by faith. Amen. Bringing glory and honor to Jesus. And that's the way our lives are meant to be. So we've looked at several people. Abraham, or, um, well, we did look at Abraham a bit. We're going to hopefully get to him again this evening. Um, but we're going to start off looking at Sarah here. But we've looked at Noah and Enoch. And, you know, we've seen just what they accomplished by faith. Um, but praise God. Uh, thank God for faith. Amen. Now, as I said, we are going to look at Sarah here in, in a second. But I want, I want to just, let me just read this last part out here. Because last week we were talking about um, Abraham. And what I was sharing was that Abraham was heavenly minded. Even though Abraham, you know, God blessed his life tremendously. He was not living for things. He was living for a bigger picture. And I tell you, I think that's a real downfall many times to, to, to faith people, word of faith people, because sometimes people just get one angle of the word of faith message and they think it's all about stuff. 
And that's not true. It's not all about stuff. Faith is, will cause you to finish the course that God has for your life. But I'm telling you, God will bless your life as well, even with substance. God will look after your life. When we looked at Abraham, when we seen that God looked after Abraham, but Abraham wasn't chasing the stuff. The stuff was chasing Abraham. Amen. He wasn't after the stuff. Abraham, as we've seen, he was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. He was heavenly minded. And he's seen a way down the line and he's seen that one day God's going to tabernacle with us on this earth in the heavenly city where he's going to move from heaven to earth. And you'll see it at the end of the book of Revelations. And this city is made of, of precious stones and transparent glass. And I'm telling you, the glory of, of God is the light of that city. You know, when you shine light through, um, like even through diamonds, if you shine light through diamonds, it gives off like prisms, gives it, you know, it shines. Can you imagine what that's going to be like coming down out of heaven to the earth? And all of these brilliant lights coming out through these foundation stones, 12 precious stones. It's going to be awesome. And God's going to tabernacle with us forever and forever and forever. That's what Abraham was living for. He wanted his life to count for then. He wanted his life of faith to affect then. Do you know what? That's, that's, what, that's what it means to give eternal value to your temporal stuff. Amen. Your money, your, your time, all of those things to where you use your time for the kingdom of God. Amen. And that doesn't mean to say burn yourself out. Sometimes people go to extremes. May you know it's good to rest. Amen. Many you know it's good to um, take time out and you know walk about the garden and you know um, you know refresh yourself, spend time with the family. It's good to refresh yourself. That's now some people go to the other extreme and, and then they kill themselves. You know what I mean? There's a balance to everything. Um, you know, and 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 that's why. Um, when you're a person of faith, you should also be a person of grace because grace allows you to rest in God and trust that it's God that's doing the work in your life, not you. You're just availing of him by faith. You're availing of his ability, his strength, all of those kind of things. And it's a wonderful balancer um, when you understand it. But let me, let me just read this out here, Hebrews 11. Look what it says here. It says, these all died in faith. That's a great way to die. In faith. Praise God. Look at this, not having received the promise. You see, there's some things you believe for are for a way down the line. It may, you might not, there's things you believe for in life and God could, could have given you a picture of something that's bigger. You know, and, and if the Lord tarries, there's things that we're living for that we might not fulfill in our generation. We'll do our part. But you know what? That's why you keep handing off the baton. That's why Abraham dwelt in tents with, it was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because he put that same desire in Isaac and Jacob. That same desire came right down the line. That's where, that's where your faith then becomes generational. Where you take what you're believing for and you pass it on. And so there are some things that, that God will reveal to you that you'll step in. But you might only be part of it. But you know what this was? Abraham was believing for something that was a way, way down the line. He just got a glimpse of it. Praise God. But he died in faith. Now he did receive promises of one of which was Isaac being born. But praise God, I tell you, eternity's big. And the overall plan of God is massive. And thank God we have our part in it. Amen. But look at this here. It's just some of these here traits that we've looked, we were talking about of faith people. You know, he died in faith 
not having received the promises, but seeing them afar off. Look at this. And were persuaded. All of these people in Hebrews chapter 11, they were persuaded. Praise God. Faith people get to the place where they're persuaded. Amen. Persuaded of them and embraced them. Do you know what? When it comes to words, faith people take a hold of the word and do not let go. That's what the word says. I don't care what it looks like. Care what it feels like, I don't care what's going on, God's word's right. Do you see that is embracing the word and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims? Faith people, true people of faith are not living for here, true people of faith are living for eternity. We're we're pilgrims. This world doesn't this world's not our you know um, um, resting state of where we're gonna be for eternity. Let me tell you, this, this world is just a pass-through. That's why you don't take a tight hold of everything in this world. Because we're not, we're not putting down roots into this world. Let me tell you, our roots are in the kingdom of God. A kingdom that will last forever and forever. Amen? We just see ourselves as pilgrims, just passing through. Used to be a wee man in Lurgan, he used to say it all the time. This world is not my home. I'm only passing through. And praise God, you know what, that's the reality of it. This world is not our home. We're only passing through, make our, but make that pass through count in eternity. And, but it says here, and they confessed. I mean, you know, faith people confess. So you can learn a lot there of a faith person. A faith, a faith person is persuaded. They embrace and they confess. Let me tell you, we're to, we're to, the Bible tells us to hold fast our confession of faith. Hold fast. We take a hold of that word. Hold fast to it. When God gives you a promise, you hold fast to it and confess it. Confess what God's word says about your life. And then, I love this here a bit here. It says, for, for they that say such declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out of, they might have had opportunity to return, but now they desire a better country. That is a heavenly, whereof God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Let me tell you, there's a lot of people who be ashamed of you because you're a Christian, but I'm telling you, we're going to live in a city one day where I'm telling you, God's not going to be ashamed to say, you're my children, I love you. Amen. What a, what a wonderful promise we have. We're looking forward to that. What a time that is going to be. When, you know, it's, that's the way life will be for us for all of eternity, being in His, his presence. But here's, a, here's another thing about faith. When you go out in faith, don't look back. You see, Abraham, when he went in faith, he didn't keep before him Ur of the Chaldees. He didn't, he, he didn't bring stuff from Ur of the Chaldees with him. You know, if you look back, there's always going to be an opportunity to return. And it's sad when you see Christians go back to their old ways. And you know why? Because they lose focus. And it's amazing. It's just like the children of Israel, the, the, the garlic and all of the stuff and, and the slavery back there all of a sudden was attractive. The place where they couldn't wait to get out of now all of a sudden became attractive. And it's sad when you see believers back in the places where they once desired to get delivered from and they go back there again. It's a horrible thing. I'm telling you, do you know why? Because, you see, if you don't keep Jesus before you, you don't keep the plan of God before you, you don't keep the promises before you, well then, there's enough in this world to swamp your faith and cause you to return. 
Thank God there's nothing back there for us to return to. Amen. You know, I don't understand when people go back to their old life. My life, my old life was that good. I wanted a new one. You understand? That's how good it was. So uh, why would I go back when it didn't satisfy me back then? And has nothing to offer. Let me tell you, as a believer, the Bible says that we're dead to the world. That means the world has nothing to offer you, and you're dead to it. When the world comes along trying to offer you something, just say, I'm dead to you. Amen. I'm dead to you. Anything the world tries to bring into your life, I'm dead to you. Amen. You don't have anything to offer me anymore. I'm alive unto God. I'm alive unto the plan of God. I'm alive unto the word. I'm alive unto the promises. I'm alive unto walking with God. I'm alive unto my destiny. I'm alive unto the voice of God, unto the love of God, the joy of God, the peace of God. I'm alive unto the Holy Ghost, the things of the Spirit of God. That's what I'm alive unto. But you see that other stuff, it's like the Ariel has come out. And there's no signal. That doesn't mean to say there's not things come and tempt. But when it comes, you take your stand on your word and you say, I'm dead to you. You have no place in my life whatsoever. Amen. And so we don't want to be people that are going on in God looking back. Because then you're double-minded and then you can get talked out of what God has for you. We're not meant to look back. The only reason we look back is to count our blessings. The only reason we look back is to look at all of the times God brought us through. That's the way we look back. We don't look back to desire where we came from. We look back to remember where God has taken us from. Amen. And where we're going. It becomes like wind in your sails that catapults you going forward. Saying, I'll tell you, God, you've been good. Then, 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 then. I'm looking forward to what you have for me in the future. Amen. Now, let me look over at Sarah here for a, for a minute. And um, again, as we have been saying, when you look in the New Testament, these people can sound perfect. And then you go to the Old Testament and you realize that they weren't perfect. But that's why for all of us, we're on a journey of faith. It's just like, what age was Tyler that time you took him to... The thing in the set, he, he wasn't able to speak. He wasn't speaking. There was something wrong. Two. Yeah, and you know where now? Do you see, you see in child development now? You know, when you have a child now and you go, you have to see these people, you know. And they have all of these. Your child should be doing this at a certain week and doing this at another week and doing that. Do you understand? And, and you know, here's the thing. Different, children develop at different times. So when, when, when we took Taylor, Donna took Taylor this day, to, to see this specialist or whether, you know, as they, they assess your growth. And they said of Tyler, they says, oh, he should be speaking now. He should be speaking. So Donna phoned me up just saying, you know, it's annoying listening to them because they make you feel like there's something wrong with your child. And I just says there, oh, listen to it. I says, there's nothing wrong with him. He's 100%. I says, just give him time. What do you see? Give him time. I'm telling you, he can talk. He made up for it, I tell you, no problem whenever he started talking. Then they said about his, you know, about his, his walking, you know, trying to figure out. And, and I was with, with Donna that day and they said about it, you know, he's, he's asking, is he walking yet? No, not walking yet. They said, and they started, you know, mm, okay. And I, I said, there's nothing wrong with him. So then they said to me, because the scene where my stance was. And then they said, um, is he, is he, is he, was he like it crawling? I said, oh, he's fast. I says, I says, I can't catch him. I says, so you have to run around the city after him. To try and, get. and she says, oh, that's why. It's because he, he gets to where he's going to so fast. 
that he's no interest in walking yet. But you know what? He's 14 years of age now. He can talk and he can walk. You know, he can go and play football. He can get stuck in. He can tackle. He can do all of that. And I watched him the whole week when he was playing and he was shouting at everybody as well while he was playing. So there was no problem with speaking and walking. And yet sometimes... You know, people can try and say there's something wrong with you because you're not at a certain pace. But here's the, here's the key, is just keep growing. And, and you know, many times people put unrealistic expectations on people even in faith. You can't expect someone that's 10 years walking with God and not just saved, but I'm telling you, in the Word and burying themselves in the Word all the time and having the Word going in their ears all the time. You can't expect that person to be in the same faith level as someone that's been saved a week or a month or two months or a year. You can't expect it. Because sometimes we can put on realistic expectations. It's just like academically as well. Like you can't expect, you know, a, a child that's in primary school to be doing um, education at secondary or even further because they're not ready for that level yet. But here's the thing: that doesn't mean to say they're not growing. Do you know, if you watch a child going, you know, in, in, in the primary school and they start at the first level, P1, whatever, and they'll work their way up to, you know, P7, and then they'll go into secondary. You know what, you watch every year's growth. Every year. You know, and, and even knowing this whole corona thing, you know, that's why a lot of parents were so upset because a year out of a primary school child's education is a lot. Because they'll learn a lot in, in a, a, over that year. And, and it's all stepping stones. It's all blocks to the next level. And sometimes people put unrealistic expectations on people. And then the people that haven't grown that much, then they feel condemned. And, and really, they're just, they just need to stay on the growth path. That's why I always, my heart is never to preach down at anybody. My, preach, my, my heart is always to preach where people get elevated in faith. Sometimes you provoke people in faith. Sometimes you, you do get under their skin, but it's in a loving way to let them know you can believe God. You can believe God for more. Just like a parent will be standing with a child and saying, come on, you can come to me. You can come to me. Come to me. And they know that they can actually take them steps. What they're doing is they're encouraging them forward. And that's the way we should be as people of faith. You know, there's faith giants that are way, way beyond my faith. But I'm, I haven't been in it as long as them. I haven't believed God for some of the things that they have had to believe God for. And sometimes even discouragement can come when you look at the people that are ahead of you. But you know what is... When I look at people like over the years, like Kenneth Hagin and stuff like that, you know, Kenneth Hagin had 60 years of ministry under his belt. You know, I don't have that under my belt. And then he had, you know, the anointing that was upon his life was tremendous. But you know what, here's the thing. His faith doesn't discourage mine. His faith excites mine. Because I'm still on the journey of faith. Amen. I don't, I don't ever want to be a person that doesn't encourage people's faith. That doesn't, I'm saying that I don't want to be a person that discourages. I want to be a person that encourages people's faith. I'll just make sure it's that right. But you know what? That's the way we're meant to be. But here's the thing. When you look at Abraham and Sarah, just remember, they used to be moon worshippers. They were pagans. 
And then they heard from God and they left. And thank God they left. But it was a journey as they left. And even when you look at Sarah, you know, you look in Hebrews chapter 11 and you see Sarah here and you see these wonderful um, attributes of faith in her life. But always remember, there was a lot of years until she got to this place. But you just keep growing. Amen. Keep growing in faith. Hebrews 11 and verse 11, it says here, Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive and was delivered of a child when she was past age. Look at this. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. Sarah got to the place where she looked at herself and seeing that, you know what, it's not working and it hasn't been working for years and years and years. But here's the goodness of God. God kept coming with a promise year after year after year after year. Praise God. I'm telling you, our God is not fickle. Our God doesn't turn around in a huff. Our God keeps ministering to you until you get to that place where you can receive. Amen. See, she received strength. She didn't have the strength. God had the strength. She didn't have the ability. God had the ability. But here's the thing about faith. Faith can receive God's ability, giving you the strength to do it. Amen. And that's what faith does. And so she got to the place where she had a choice to make. And faith, when you walk by faith, you come to many places where there's a decision to make. And um, praise God, I've been there many a time. Sometimes I've made the right one. Sometimes I've made the wrong one. But I keep growing. But I thank God for the times I make the right one. But you know what? She had a choice. She had to judge him faithful or else go with her body, go with her circumstances, go with the way it's always been. That was her choice. Either go by what you've seen or go by what you believed. Amen? Go by the circumstances or go by God's word. Faith people... Judge God faithful. Amen. I don't know how many times I've been there. I've looked at things. I've looked at circumstances. And I've seen them. They've been right in my faith. Faith to where you can smell the breath of it. You understand? It's right there. And I've had to look it in the face and say, You will not win. I deny you. I don't deny that you exist. I deny your right to win in this situation. Because I judge my God faithful. God, you are faithful. God, you are able. God, you are willing. And I receive from you, Lord. And I start praising and worshiping there, even though nothing looks like it's changed out here, but everything's just changed. Amen. Do you know why? Because I believed him. Sarah judged God faithful. See, that's what it comes down to. It doesn't matter about the circumstance. Who do you say God is? Is God able? Is God willing? Amen. Absolutely is. Now, as I say, she didn't get there overnight. But she got to the place where she judged him faithful. And look, look, let me just look at these here, a couple of verses here. Praise God. You know, I, I, and I've got into Hebrews 11 and I'm like, I'm trying to rush every person. But when I get into it, I get into the story and <laughs> we're going to just look at Sarah tonight, amen. We'll come back and look at Abraham again one more time. 
been saying that this last couple of weeks, but anyway. I'm going to judge him faithful. God's faithful. You know, the Bible just says it simply, God is faithful. You can live on that. He'll never let you down. People will let you down. <laughs> Life will let you down. Friends will let you down at times. Family can let you down at times. He'll never let you down. He is faithful who promised. Faithful. Amen. We serve a faithful God. You can live on that. And every day you get up, he's faithful. And you know, if you have a bad day, and you get up the next day, don't be focusing on the day before, just focus on he's faithful. He's faithful as promised. Amen. Amen. You might deny him, he'll never deny you. Amen. Never. Why? He's faithful. He's a faithful, faithful God. And Sarah, after all of these things, I'll show you, just show you a couple of things here. After all of these failures in her life, God was still faithful. God was still hunting her down. God was still abounding towards her in his goodness with all of his ability. And God doesn't take the huff. He's not like us. He's not like people. He's not like people that take it thick with you and stop talking to you or the, you know, the hold back or whatever. He's not like that. God's not like that. You're his child. Just like a parent, you know, as a parent, like, you know, when you're, you're a good parent, sometimes your children can do all different types of things, but as a parent, your heart is always towards them, always chasing them. Amen? We have a good, we have a good God. And I'm telling you, we have, a better God, we have a better father than our earthly father, our earthly mother. God loves you more than you love yourself. Faithful. Look at this here with Sarah here. And, you know, we talk here, mighty woman of faith, but... Remember, she, she was on the growth of faith for a long time. But look at this here, Hebrews, or not Hebrews, Genesis. Back to Genesis where you see them in a different light. <laughs> you see all their weaknesses, their failures, their faults. But it's written there for our learning, for our encouragement. To let you know that you can make it in faith. To let you know that you can be a faith giant. Amen? And you know, let me say this as well. It's not that you need a, a ton of faith. Most of the times it's getting rid of the doubt and unbelief and the fear and all of those things that's been in, ingrained into us through living in this world. You know, I was listening to someone today and they, and they were just talking about just even all of the stuff of the virus that has went on this last while and this was a secular person. And they said they had to get to the stage where they stopped feeding off the news. They turned it off. This was a, 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 a musician who said, I turned the news off because I was feeding on it and it was full of fear. And I thought, you know, if a secular people can see that, let me tell you, as people of faith, we don't need to be feeding on that. It's hard to walk by faith when you're feeding on fear 24 hours a day. Amen. We live in a world where you see everything, you feel everything. I mean, you know, you feel pain. You see bills. <laughs> you hear things you don't want to hear. See, it's, it's not that necessarily we have to get big, big, big faith. A mustard seed is enough to remove a mountain. 
It's the doubt that keeps cancelling it out. That's what it is. And see, here's what happened. You see, here's, here's the way faith works. Faith works where you take a hold of it, okay? Now, when you take a hold of faith, the Bible says, hold fast to your confession. Now, here's, how, here's what the devil does. He's going to try everything to get you to let go and take a hold of something else. That's why you can have doubt come to your head. But as long as it doesn't get in your heart, your faith will keep working. So you can, but you see, that's the part, your heart is the place that holds on. But when you give that place where you hold on over to hold on to fear or doubt, that's when your faith stops working for you. Because you've, you, that part that holds on, so you can, you can have faith in your heart and doubt can come. Many of you know the lies of the devil that comes. Thoughts come. You can be in circumstances of thoughts come. That's why you cast down every, every thought, every imagination that comes against what Jesus has done for you. You cast that down. So you, the battle's up here, and in your faith you've held on. You've taken a hold. But the devil's trying to get you to let go and take a hold of fear, take a hold of worry. Yeah. That's what he's trying to do. So you can have faith in your heart and doubt in your head. But I tell you, if you feed on doubt and fear and all of those kind of things, there'll be so much in your life that'll overpower you and you'll let go easy. Yeah. That's why you have to have the word coming into you constantly so that you take a hold of faith. Amen. So that you, you, you take hold. And you can see where Sarah and that, they let go many a time. Abraham let go many a time. But you know what? There came a time when they held on and the promise came to pass in their life. Praise God. Look at this here for a second. Hebrew, or sorry, Genesis 16 verse 1. It says, Now Sarah, Abraham's wife, bore no children. And she had a handmaiden, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said unto Abraham, We hear this mighty woman of faith who judged God faithful. Amen. <laughs> Look at what she said. Behold, now the Lord has restrained me from burden. I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abraham was in there like a flash. The Bible says he hearkened unto the voice of Sarah. Do you know what else? This is probably, she probably went, that's the first time he's listened to me. He was in there like a rocket. He wasn't a big faith shot either at this stage. But you know what? This caused a lot of problems. Look at this. This woman that had a promise. She said, oh, God will bring it to pass through Hagar. Amen. So you see this in her life. Now over to Genesis 17. You read these couple of chapters through here. Some great lessons in it. Genesis 17. You see Abraham here. I'll just throw him in here while we're at it. And it says, And God said unto Abraham, this is when Abraham was 99 years of age, he says, As for Sarah thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarah, Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name, and I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yeah, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Look at this. And Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a, is a hundred years old? 
and shall Sarah, that is ninety years old, bear? Great man of faith laughed. Then Sarah laughed. In chapter 18, this was whenever um, the three men, angels, one being the Lord Jesus Christ, who Jesus manifested himself in the Old Testament many times as the angel of the Lord. And so um, this was the situation, and then Sodom and Gomorrah happened after this. But you know what? The, the, these three came to Abraham. And it says here, this is in Genesis 18, 11, it says, um, And now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. In other words, she, was, she wasn't able, it was, everything was past, everything was over. Verse 12, Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have waxed old, shall I have pleasure my, uh, my Lord being old also. See, God gave her a word that she was going to have a child to Abraham, saying, she, this is it, she's going to have a child. And sir, she was in the tent listening to this conversation. I'm just cutting into it here. And when she heard what was said, she bust out laughing. You know what I mean? She's like, no way. This great woman of faith. And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sir laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which I'm old? And look at this statement here, never forget it. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I don't care how hard it is. I don't care how difficult it is. See, this is the word here that got into Sarah and caused her to believe. See, she had to come to that place of choice. You see, when, when it's impossible with God, all things are possible. Is anything too hard for the Lord? See, that's what it comes down to. I can, I can remember leaving here one night, a good few years ago. And we had just got a bill that was a way out of our ability. Many uh, love to see them coming through the door. <laughs> the envelope comes in and you're not expecting it. And we received a bill. I mean, it was way beyond us. And I can remember going home and going to the side of the house. I put everything away and I went to the side of the house. And it was a crystal clear night. And I just stood there looking at the stars. And I stood there for ages. It was freezing, standing there. And I'm sure the neighbors thought I had lost the plot. But I was talking to God. I didn't give a rip because I needed him. You know, you always need him, but I needed him. I'm looking up there and I'm saying, God, you done all of that. See what I'm facing? It's nothing. Do you know what that is? That's judging him faithful. Judging him able, willing. He can. I couldn't. I couldn't. I didn't have the ability in and of myself. But I'm telling you, I went out there and I looked up. It's a good place to look. God's amazing God. Yes, he is. Amen. And you realize, God, with you, all things are possible. Look at that. There is anything. That's God asking. That's what God would ask. When we face a situation, that's what God would say to us. Is anything too hard for me? Our answer of that determines a lot in our life. That's where Sarah got to. 
She, she got to that place when the question is asked, is anything too hard of the Lord? She had to judge whether God was faithful or whether he wasn't. And she judged God faithful. Amen? God's faithful. God's a good sense of humor as well because Abraham laughed, Sarah laughed. What was Isaac's name? What's the mean laughter? <laughs> God's a great sense of humor. I'm going to read this verse and one more and then we'll close this evening. But um, Genesis 21 and verse 1, it says, And the Lord visited Sarah. You see, Sarah couldn't, but God could. But you see, faith draws from God's ability to where everything that's possible with God now becomes possible in your life. And it says here, And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord said unto Sarah as, as he had spoken, for Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age. Praise God. Let me just read this here verse out here and we'll, we'll close this evening. Well-known verse. Notice Romans 4 and verse 19. It says, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, as he was a hundred, about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And look at this, and being fully persuaded that what, look at this, he had promised, notice this, he was able to perform it. Some people say, I can't. It's not about what you can do. Amen. It's not about what you can do. It's about what he can do through you. Amen. Amen. He, look at that. He was able to perform it. <laughs> he watches over his word to perform it. That's the problem. Sometimes we're trying to perform it. That's when you get into works. No, he's able to. What's our job is to believe him. Our job is to believe him and act on what he says, believing that his ability is going to bring it to pass. Amen. He. See, that's what, that's what you see. The Lord visited Sarah. Sarah couldn't. But she made the choice to believe God. She made the choice to say, when is anything too hard for the Lord? She made that choice to say, God, would you have promised you're able, you're well able to perform it in my life? I know this is talking about Abraham, but it's the same faith, okay, where she believed that God was able to perform it. It's the same thing that Mary, with Mary as well, it was impossible for her. But you know what? She, she was given a word from the Lord. And she had to make that choice to believe. Be it unto me according to thy word. Amen. No word of God is void of power. In other words, when you get a promise from God, the ability is there for it to come to pass in your life. Amen. Praise God. Don't let go. You know what? If you're facing anything this evening, God's faithful. Amen. God is faithful. He's faithful. It's promised. If you have a promise from God, God's faithful in it. He is faithful.
He is faithful. You look at that, sometimes it can just seem like a promise. No, the Word of God is not void of power. There's power in that. There's power to bring to pass what God says. But you have to make the choice to still take a hold of it and say, God, I believe you. I believe that with you all things are possible. Amen. Praise God. If you're in that place this evening, we need to judge. I encourage you to judge God faithful. Because He is faithful. Amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching by Paul Drury. Our vision at Life Source Ministries is to reveal Jesus' love and grace to all generations. To stay up to date with the ministry, like Life Source Ministries on social media, or visit our Facebook page. Contact us with any questions, or if you would like Paul to minister for you, email lifesourceministries1 at gmail.com. That is Life Source Ministries, followed by the number 1 at gmail.com.